Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Bark Side of the Moon podcast. Today's episode features Anne Rogers, and as mentioned on the previous episode, Anne is a trainer and a behavior professional, educator, and the co-owner of Annie Ed. In today's episode, we continue on the pandemic theme where we discuss the challenges of car travel for your dog, as well as suggesting ways in which to help them. Again, this is one we know you've been asking for help on on social media, so we hope you deliver the goods. Enjoy. Hey, Anne. Good to have you back. Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got maybe a less deep um, topic to talk about <laughs> well, today. We'll see. You know what but I'm it like. It is directly related. Yeah, no, it's definitely directly <laughs> yeah. related. And again, um, under that kind of whole pandemic uh, umbrella, yeah. but definitely not something we haven't seen before the pandemic came along right. again yeah. you know so we were going to talk a little bit about something that's come up um, a few times for myself and yourself in relation to kind of car travel so due to the pandemic recently anyway and people not using their cars as much particularly when there was lockdowns and things like that some dogs yeah. now I suppose are struggling being comfortable traveling from A to B and even in some cases yeah. to even approach the the vehicle at all yeah yeah. So maybe um, to start with, just to explain to people how this may have happened. So I suppose one of the things that we've seen talking to people about uh, their experiences since life has started to go a bit more back to normal um, post lockdown and pandemic and all of that kind of stuff, we have been people have been telling us that their dogs have been showing real reluctance to get into the car. So like you were saying, like they don't want to approach the car. They're showing some avoidance behavior. Some dogs are even showing avoidance behavior, you know, in relation to their harness or collar when their lead comes out, because that means they're going for a car ride. Um, so it may have been that some dogs just haven't been in the car a whole lot, or they've only been going to the car, you know, because they've been going to the vets or to the groomers. Yeah, have fun stuff. And <laughs> yeah, the really, the things they really don't want to be doing. Mm. Um, and, you know, because they've not been going to the car a whole lot, if they've had a negative experience with car travel, particularly in relation to feeling nauseous, that can mean that, you know, they've had very few positive interactions with the car as well. Mm. And so the car is, is, you know, not a very pleasant place. And I would say, like, I de- we definitely talked about this when we talked about separation related behavior, where we talked about getting help early on is really important. Yeah. Now, I would say with car stuff, it's also really important to put the pressure on again. And that's because the feeling of nausea is so relevant, so salient as what you say to animals mm-hmm. so when they associate something with with nausea that association can be formed that negative association can be formed in just one pairing so they only have had to have one car journey where they felt nauseous just once mm-hmm. um and that can color their um their attitude to that situation forever yeah. so it can be a very strong um association after only just one kind of occurrence So, you know, that's the first thing I would say is that we might have had that experience and that can be quite common for puppies, just like car sickness is quite common for young children. Mm. So that means that their entire life, you know, Mm. they can be feeling this way about the car. They can be going, oh, no, here's the nausea box again. um, And we have to deal with that. And when I'm in that situation, I feel ick. And I mean, you know, if you've ever experienced nausea, you know, it is an incredibly unpleasant um, situation to be in. So so you can imagine. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing you know, that real kind of, uh, you know, upset tummy and spinny and all those things. Um, So, you know, where a dog, like a child who won't understand what's happening to them, Mm. you know, can be extra distressing for them. We also have to bear in mind that when they go into the car, they might, you know, feel a bit trapped. They can't really you know, escape the car. Um, it can be a weird sensory experience for dogs. Like the world is suddenly flying by them very fast and we can assume that there's air coming in through the car as well. Mm. So they're getting 
you know, weird uh, olfactory feedback. There's cars whizzing by. They might be seeing other dogs or animals or people or cyclists or yeah, whatever weird things happening. Overload, yeah. yeah, there's a lot happening. Um, and I suppose if we were talking about dogs who've had way less experience with the car um, or no experience. Maybe they haven't been in the car uh, because people weren't going anywhere or going very far. Um, Or maybe they've only been in the car for very short journeys so people didn't even know that the dog experienced nausea. Um, those dogs can certainly be having um, trouble uh, around this time now when we're starting to go back to normal and we might be bringing, you know, people are staycationing, so they might be bringing the dog, mm. um, you know, to the holiday home or caravan or wherever, you know, or pet friendly um, hotel or whatever. Um, so they might be expecting their dog to be able to hold up for, you know, a several hour car journey um, and then realizing that actually their dog can't make it past the half hour mm. point. Um, yeah. And what do you do then? Right, exactly. It's like cancel the holiday. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like it's it but, yeah 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 well when you're cleaning up dog mm. vomit you might be <laughs> um, so the, you know we might see the dog being reluctant to get in the car um, and I would say we definitely experience that with a lot of rescue dogs of dogs that have you know maybe an unknown background or maybe haven't had a whole lot of experience of the car they can find it a bit weird even the climbing into a car like the boot that has a lip on it dogs can find that weird the thing of stepping into you know a kind of a a, a maybe a, a surface that moves when they step into mm-hmm. it like if they step into the boot and it kind of sinks they're kind of heavier um and of course they, they can be associating it with nausea and all those sorts of things as well so um you know those sorts of dogs we're, we're definitely seeing I think I'm. I think I'm seeing a lot more um, car reluctance and related stuff oh, than definitely. we were before pandemic. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, but like we were seeing it before as well. But definitely, I think we're, we're seeing more of that now. Yeah. Post lockdown. Yeah. So, and uh, you, you spoke about some of the triggers there now. So, uh, kind of, what signs should people look out for? I suppose that their dog is uncomfortable with car travel. So the first one is to look for signs of nausea. Mm. Um, and we might think, oh, well, the dog didn't vomit, so they were fine. But nausea will start with a kind of extra salivation. So there'll be extra saliva in the mouth. So you'll hear the dog kind of champing their lips mm. uh, a little bit and kind of smacking their lips. So you, I don't want to do it because the sound will be disgusting if you're listening to something. Yeah. <laughs> but that kind of... Yeah they'll be doing that so that's lovely a lovely moist sound for people and that'd be something that would be if you add kids in the car and your dog is doing that right. i'm sure you'd yeah. be like yeah, hey you might not even know yeah. yeah well yeah, yeah and you know you're driving as well so you know yeah, um, yeah. and the dog will drool so there will be there will be drool so they might have a little bit of wet around their mouth you might in a short-haired dog you might just see a little bit of kind of wet around the corners of their their mm. lips for example or there could be loads of yeah, drool it could be like subtle, actually yeah. see it mm. yeah yeah so it can be either those and of course the dog might vomit and that you know things that are telling you that the dog is about to vomit they'll pull their lips back so we call that retracting their lips you might see or hear stomach contractions so those kind of convulsions mm. in the stomach that can be quite an obvious noise and then they might actually vomit as well um so that would be the first thing that would say okay they're not having a good yeah. time that would be pretty suggestive <laughs> of that um but if the dog has already experienced that we'll often be seeing the dog reluctant to get into the car mm. so if they go in the car regularly for example and they have their leader collar or whatever put on before they 
they go in the car, they might even start showing avoidance towards that. So they might hide mm-hmm. uh, when they see that coming out or they might go very still when you try to put it on. And some dogs might even look like they're playing and that kind of play bowing and bouncing around and people think, oh, he's just, you know, having a yeah. laugh, um, you know, or he's trying to get me, you know, get me <laughs> to engage in a game here. Yeah. And the dog might yeah. be, so this could be completely innocent. Probably but, not. Yeah. But I would say, no, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I would say that if that's happening just before something like that's happening, that's the dog trying to non-confrontationally say, I want to get out of this situation. Mm. And they're trying to do it in a non-confrontational way. Like it looks like kind of light behavior, but actually the dog is saying, no, I'm freaking out here and I'd really like this to stop. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, you might not notice that because maybe you have a small dog and you just pick your dog up and they go in the car and, you know, it's not yeah. even a thing that they're walking to the car, for example. So you might notice that they show, and again, it's similar to what we talked about, separation-related behavior. You might see lots of behavior, kind of frantic distress-related behavior, or you might see very little behavior. The dog is kind of very still and very quiet and not a whole lot of activity. And both of those are just as concerning. Yeah. So both of those are, those are just as indicative of a, of a wider problem. Mm. So with your more kind of active dog, they might be, a, you know, like a lot of panting. They might move around quite a bit. They might be kind of eye-tracking or eye-stalking, passing things. So they'd be watching the cars going by. Mm. They might be vocalizing. So that can be often whining. Remember, they might be barking. Like some dogs bark up a freaking storm in the car um, because they're so wound up. Or uh, And that could have started as barking at particular things like dogs or, or cyclists or whatever outside the car mm. as well. So you can have that kind of very frantic, hectic stuff right through to a dog that's lying there very still and trying to, you know, pretend that this isn't happening to him. Yeah. Um so you could be having all of that happening yeah and uh, as well with that kind of avoidance um stuff that you're seeing maybe in the hallway or something like that if, mm. if, if you're not paying attention to us it now it's certainly going to happen earlier and earlier um safe to yeah, say yeah. over time yeah 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 and that's why it start that we start to see it going back to like the lead going on or you putting your cars or that you, you put your coat on or picking up your keys for yeah. example they might go oh flip we go. the car keys are out yeah. yeah this is about to happen now <laughs> yeah exactly and it, you, you hear people say oh don't worry you know you bring them to the park a few times you'd be grand yeah yeah so it, that's what a lot of people say and that's indeed what a lot of people try and they go oh but you know we were trying not to make it just about going to the vet or going to the groomers or going to places the dog doesn't like. Yeah. We were trying to make sure that, uh, you know, we were bringing the dog to nice places. But actually, the the kind of the fear of being in the car, getting in the car is actually the first part of that. So even if they go to, you know, a nice place, even 10 minutes down the mm. road, that's just too much for them at that stage. They're still experiencing that fear, uh, possibly the nausea or the expectation of nausea yeah. um, um, and or, or that, you know, inability to escape. Mm. So so that's still happening. So we actually have to break it down a little bit more and uh, and go a little bit slower, build a little bit, you know, in thinner kind of little slices of progress instead. Yeah, and of course, when you're dealing with puppies um, in a short yeah. space of time in the first you know, month or so that you have them, months to two months, yeah. they've got a number of trips to the vets potentially, um, mm, depending on yeah. the breed you have, maybe even grooming. Yeah. So they, they could be, there could be the first two or three trips in the car, the first one even home from yeah. the, the rescue center, they yeah. could they could be like, oh, I'm done with cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot for, for people to kind of take into account. It's not maybe something that they've actually caused at all. Um, it's just something no. that's just happened. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're having to do these things um, for their pup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose if people are seeing this, what are the things that people can do? Do you think that can help their dogs overcome? So if it's possible, and particularly if we're dealing with nausea or really, um, you know, kind of distracting behavior, because we have to remember that some dog behavior in the car could be potentially dangerous as well, particularly if they're moving around a whole lot, if they're being very distracting. Yeah. Uh, if they're barking, for example, and you're trying to drive, mm, you dangerous. Know, all you need. Mm. Is, yeah, absolutely. So if it's possible, we need to stop car journeys until we're um at a point where we can build up to that point and the dog is 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 uh, less you know less frantic about it and less distressed yeah. about it but this is particularly important if we're dealing with nausea um mm. that we need to stop that now because every time we suggest even that the dog is going in the car um you know that this is this is what they're expecting to feel and we're making this worse and worse and worse and worse and yeah. worse for them um and they're becoming more distressed because because they're, they're expecting to feel nauseous mm. so in those cases we say go and talk to your vet about um anti-emetics so um anti-nausea medication okay. basically and there are a number of different uh, anti-nausea medications that we can use for dogs um and they're basically you know medications like serenia for example has been designed for motion sickness as my <laughs> dog's shaking off in the background <laughs> i love it i love it yes i know yeah, yeah. Just like, you know he's here he was he was lying belly up there Aww. and he's just got up now so you have to so we, we bored himself. him to sleep uh, and, and now he's yeah, woken up and going, Are you seriously guys he's you're still so, talking i know he he'd probably if he could talk he could probably do this oh because he's so used to listening him to with me the, with the headphones on in front of the microphone yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be wild yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so you can talk to your vet about um motion sickness tablets basically like you would talk um about it for a child or for yourself yeah if you, you know you're going on a boat or something like that <laughs> uh, or you experience travel sickness so you can talk to your vet about that if if we have to do a journey we might even talk to the vet about sedation light sedation or anxiolytics mm. or anti-anxiety medication there are a couple of you know pretty easy to administer short acting ones that can just take the edge off the worry and the panic and the anxiety for the dog mm. and that can make that a far more successful and comfortable car trip mm -hmm. so if we have to do you know a car trip those are things that we can talk about we can talk about some medical help and there. just one thing there about that because i know there are some medications um that unfortunately are prescribed to dogs at times and where they seem sedate but they're actually pretty aware of what's going on right yeah so that that might be something to to flag now that um to to, yeah. to kind of i suppose if if um and hopefully people will seek out advice from people like yourself to help them through this you would be asking those kind of questions but if um they, they don't have somebody just yet it's important to ask the vet those types of questions yeah so make sure yeah make sure that the the medications are actually um anxiolytics mm -hmm. they actually reduce anxiety they don't just produce some sedation mm. um so and it's really really important that you specify that with your vet um and talk to them about it they might not be aware of the difference sometimes that can happen i think too. that's what's happened um, in, in fairness yeah, yeah sometimes that can mm. happen yeah they have a lot of medications and species yeah. and all sorts yeah. of things to deal with so it can be tricky um and we're always available to talk to veterinary personnel uh, at no no problem at all fire off an email at any time any veterinary personnel Great. if they have any questions about the sorts of effects of those sorts of things or our personal experiences or anything like that we always talk to vets mm. and uh, or vns and support staff and all that sort of stuff no problem at mm. all um but that would be that's a good point actually that i didn't have noted down um well, so really? that's a good point to make yeah uh, that's a good point to make um 
And uh, yeah, so absolutely talk to your vet and have a good conversation about that and make sure the medication is going to actually make them feel a little bit more chilled and better able to cope with the stresses of traveling and not just to appear um, quiet and sedate. So that would be quite important to specify. Yeah, good one. Good suggestion. So that'd be the medical stuff Mm -hmm. that we would that we would want to do there. And then the next thing that we do, and I would do this with quite a lot of dogs, is I would help their owner construct a program where we can teach the dog that they can approach the car Mm -hmm. and then they can get into the car Mm -hmm. and they can get out each time. And that's actually quite important. We want to change how the dog feels about car travel. And that's why some medication can help us as well, because just reducing the nausea, for Mm -hmm. example, uh, can help us with that. Um, And but also what we want to teach them is is that you know what you can control how you're exposed to the scary yeah. thing because sometimes the monster isn't as scary if we actually know that we can move away from it if we yeah, need to so we start to mm. yeah so we start to set the car up in that way and there's a couple of different games that we will do to to help do that depending on the individual dog and what they need um but there are a couple of different games that we can do and actually the easiest one that we do is we do a, a game from the Anyad program, 100 Days in Richmond, called Sniffing Stations, mm. where I set up a number of bowls with a little piece of chicken in each bowl, and the dog gets to take a step, eat from the bowl, take a step, eat from the bowl, take a step, until we get to the car, and they get to move back and back into the house or wherever they want to go again. Mm-hmm. And we add a new bowl each time they're comfortable. So they're getting closer and closer. And sometimes they get into the car. They don't even realize doing it. Get into the car, get the little bit of chicken from the bowl, get out of the car and go again. And then they're much happier getting in and out because they know they can get in and leave immediately. Uh, And then we start to build the time up uh, with the doors open. And we add each layer of complexity as the dog improves. So as the dog is comfortable, then we'll have the person sit in the driver's seat. Then we'll have the person turn the engine on. Then we'll have the person roll out the driveway you know so it's adding each of those little slices and you know if we if we get the nausea under control i've found that that's relatively fast moving once we get going um for short journeys certainly and uh, and then we, we we talk about building the the amount of time that they can be in the car and that's where anti-nausea medication big time helps us then so if they have to get to wexford or wherever, yeah. uh, we'll build yeah. we'll build towards that um over time and make sure that the dog has lots of breaks from the car and lots of opportunities to get out particularly if you're going in the summer months or the warmer months where you know it can just be kind of stuffy in a car anyway yeah uh, even with ac or whatever it can for dogs it can still be a little bit kind of you know um kind of stuffy so uh we want to make sure that we have all of those things on board mm. but it, it, it can it's you know there's repetitiveness to it but it's not as complex a thing as we've talked about with separation related stuff providing we start nice and early yeah and that was you know that the dog hasn't had a whole lot of nauseating experiences in the car yeah. or a whole lot of distressing experiences yeah, of course in the car. and it's never again like we said before in the previous one it's never too late you know and um, oh god no yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and always still try you know it might yes, certainly be but, harder yeah. the, the longer you wait but it's still worth trying for your dog's sake for sure Oh, absolutely. And for your sake, all that clean up, clean up vomit yeah. from the car is definitely not fun. And you know, I've, <laughs> I've spoken to so many people that have said, you know, I thought by bringing him more that it would help yeah. he'd become desensitized yeah. to it. And and I really felt bad about leaving him home. And, and it might just yeah. be something as simple as doing a school run and you're only gone 10 minutes. It actually might be 
better for your dog if if you've done um, some work about them being okay um, to be left alone for that period of time. It, it certainly might be better for them to be to be left at home for those little journeys until you can you can teach them to be more comfortable um, entering and uh, the car. Uh, you know, so I think people don't all, uh, always think. They think that they're doing the right thing by bringing the dog all the yeah, time, you know, of course. Um, and sometimes it's, 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 it's not a good idea initially. Anyway. Yeah. 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 It can be, it, I found that particularly if there's nausea uh, related, I, I don't know how many times I've said the word nausea now in these few minutes, but uh, probably more than I've ever said in my life, <laughs> but particularly if there's uh, nausea. Well, when you think of car travel problems. Yes. The first word that probably comes to mind anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm not a good traveler. Like, I, I, I that's why I drive everywhere. Right. Uh, I'm not a good traveler. So, I absolutely sympathize with those yeah. dogs. Yeah. Uh, because I would feel it yeah. <laughs> uh, myself. I totally understand where they're coming yeah. from. Um, I get it. <laughs> You said there earlier about breaking it down and into little itty bitty mm. stages, and the best thing about that is that you, you you'll actually see progress your, yourself if you do it that way as well. And it's it's really yeah. more obvious if you're breaking it down into stages. At which point maybe the dog isn't comfortable, and then you can spend a little bit more time with the previous step before moving forward and adding yeah, criteria exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, and that's the most important thing. And it's kind of the words I say probably the most after nausea. The words I say most is that the dog's behavior is information. So mm. they're telling you what they need. And if it's if they're not comfortable, well, that tells you that we need to go back a few steps. Yeah. 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 OK, cool. So I, I suppose um, similar to the last topic we talked about, um, when should people ask for professional help for their dog? As early as possible. So as quickly as you possibly can. But there's few negative kind of experiences that the dog has had. Mm. So like early is always better no matter what we're, we're talking about in relation to behavior you know so that they've rehearsed the behavior as little as possible but really with this one it's it's definitely going to affect how successful we will be and uh, and how quickly we can move through a program so definitely as early as possible and i think the things to look out for is you know is obviously the nausea that you you know you you, you might have seen or you might already be aware of like the dog vomits or whatever um but certainly you know that reluctance to get in i think people can sometimes think is is not as uh, clear a sign that there's yep. a problem and you know we'll kind of you know bundle the dog and maybe the dog is okay they're a bit reluctant but they're actually quite biddable and you can get them to kind of you know move along even though they're a little bit less mm. uh, enthusiastic about it and so we think all is well but I would say that even if that's there we probably need to do something Um, so get help yeah. you know and uh, you know we'll help you as quickly as we and can. And I think you know if you're, you're doing you know a school run you've got two or three children and your school oh, bags yeah. and you've got work to get Absolutely. to as well or, 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 or whatever. Yeah. The dog, unfortunately, is is overlooked in those situations yeah, and is probably giving lots of signs. Yeah. Uh, or definitely is, to, as to, uh, whether to say they're comfortable or not. And, and you're, you've missed them. But again, it's not... It, there's no blame here that's just real no, life just you life know? yeah 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 and we have to work around that um and help and support you in relation to those challenges you know so that's just the way it yeah. is um and we gotta do yeah, it yeah yeah so um <laughs> like in the previous episodes i'm going to put the details of your site anya.ie um Great. and Thanks, all Olivia. of your trainers that are that are there as well as yourself and um, so that people yeah. um find it easy to to find the help that they need so yeah. don't worry folks the help is there but the first step is to ask for it for yeah. sure 
Yeah, 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 definitely. Just have a conversation and we'll point you in the right direction. And sometimes, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is I'm just sending you resources and telling you, here, check this out um, and try this and see how that goes. And if that works for you, great. And 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 if not, well, then we can do something a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the time it's just that. Yeah, because it's hard. I know I, 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 um, over the years, I, I find it's it can be hard to break through that family and friend kind of barrier. They're, they're, they're oh, the first gotcha. protocol people. And even though you're not asking for us, they're going to tell you what you should be doing and what you're doing wrong and everything like that yes and you feel like you feel you've got to follow their advice and we're not saying don't but certainly you should ask for a second opinion if if you can from somebody who really this is what they do yeah uh, and 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 compare it it might be good advice that you've you've gotten but it's it's better to be safe than sorry you know yeah and like and it's that thing again that we talked about previously as well it's it's very difficult to be objective about your own dog 100 getting external eyes on it uh can be really helpful yeah it's a whole uh, emotional mess (laughs) when it comes to your own dog god yeah absolutely me included so i'll like i'll (laughs) consult with colleagues uh, about my own dog because i can't i'm unbelievably subjective about my yeah, own yeah. dog. It's of course, ridiculous. I think we all are, you know. Yeah, yeah it's coming yeah, from a yeah. good place. He's a total angel, Graham. He's a total angel. I know, angel. I'm sure he's great. <laughs> he is great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's not an angel. <laughs> if you go to anya.ie, you will see him everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's a big part of us. Yeah, a great teacher, no doubt. Oh, he's a great something, all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is again being awesome, man. Thanks so much. Not at all. Thanks a million. Lots of really cool, easy, accessible information for people here. And again, if you don't know, just ask. It's no harm in asking. Yes, absolutely. um, Yeah. We'll always help you. Cool. Brilliant. Well, we're going to do this again with another couple of topics soon as well. So we look forward to having you back again. Thanks again. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Talk Talk soon. soon. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. And again, I really hope you found the information helpful. Anne will be joining me again very soon to discuss more of the topics you've been asking for on social media recently, such as how you can help to modify how your dog reacts to visitors to your home and how to help your dog be more settled at home while you work from home. If you enjoyed the show, remember to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review and recommend it to your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their dogs. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter at BarksidePod to help grow our online community. If there are topics you would like to hear us cover in future episodes, please share those with us on social media or simply mail us at BarksidePod at gmail.com and we will do our very best to cover those as soon as possible. Look after yourselves and your doggies. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.